If you're interested in sponsoring How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Well, the results are in. It's trees, boy. Trees. That's what I'm allergic to. That's what came back at the allergist yesterday. Oh, right. You were telling me about, you tell me you were going there. Yep. Got 64 different pricks of stuff. And uh, the trees came back immediately. So. Wait. Wait. So. So wait, wait. So how, I mean, every tree? You're I, allergic to yes every, every tree ever. If I mean, you you're, tree, you're screwed. If you draw a tree, I start sneezing. Okay. Wow. If you if you if you say the word treason, I get congested. It's treason. Then I am the Senate. I think it's. I think it came back like four specific types of trees, but I don't really. The only one I remember was birch, oh. but. Regardless, I speaking of I am the Senate. Yeah. I saw this great meme on Instagram, right? And it was it was um, not that one. Um, <laughs> it was Palpatine, right? Um, superimposed on one of those like was it um, from from one of the sequels? I can't remember which one it was, but oh, and he said, um, "I'm here to save your your trilogy." Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just it was great because it's true. true yeah. Roll it again. He he will. I think he will save the truth. It would not surprise me. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna do that movie some justice. Yeah. I mean, do this trilogy some justice. Yeah. You know? I, I hope so. I mean, seven was okay. Right. Eight was horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um and so we'll see what happens with nine. I did this whole thing. There was that that hashtag uh, make solo two happen mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, and my whole point was that it needs to happen because what people are deeming, or at least what Disney is deeming, the failure of Solo had to do more with the fact that the movie they put out prior was so poorly reviewed. And they decided to can the directors and basically reshoot the whole film by spending so much extra money that all of those things combined is what led to the poor fiscal numbers. And I thought, I mean, in a vacuum, I thought Solo was a great movie. I thought it was a nice Western kind of buddy-buddy comedy kind of, you know. It didn't take itself too seriously. I mean, there were... If the only real problem I had with Solo was the fact that there was still that um, almost, almost kamikaze suicidal mission where uh, the 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 chick played by Thandi Newton decided to mm-hmm. kill herself to try and save the mission, which ended yeah. up not working anyway. Yeah, and, and we got so much of that in Rogue One and. Last Jedi. I uh, see. I liked Rogue One. I, I I couldn't stand Rogue One. I know you liked it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand. The best part of that movie was the last two minutes when Vader is on the, is trying to board the Tana Four. Right. That whole sequence was was awesome. Yeah. You know that was that that was great. Um, the rest. Of, I mean, there were a couple of good one liners in it, but. Mm-hmm. You know, the like when they put the uh, the bag over the blind guy's yeah. eye and he goes, Are you serious? I'm blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? 
So those those are all. Anyway, oh, we're doing a podcast. Oh yeah, right, yeah. right, so, right. So uh, sportsmanship. sportsmanship, trees. I got to go back for the other the other testing next week. Oh, and you're not done yet. No, they got to they got to do additional testing for the ones that didn't come up positive, just to make sure they're ruled out. Okay, but uh, at least that that solves why my allergies were so bad this year. Hmm. The tree pollen hmm. was was really what was the worst, and okay. and now I'm starting to be able to live again. All right. But uh, anyway, hey, welcome to How You Play the Game. Yeah. The official podcast of the Yosef Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of the month of June. The year is 2019. Glad you're with us. As always, across the way, the producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Hello, Sean. Hi, Jack. Don't say that on a plane. Ah. Did you just get that? Wait. Wait, I've been using that for 20 years. Really? Really. Well, I've only known you for like eight. Well, then this backfired significantly. <laughs> uh, as always, you can get in touch with the show in a, in a variety of different ways. The website is osipfoundation.org, where you can go online and submit your stories about uh, sportsmanship for us to review and possibly join us on the show. Email is podcast at osipfoundation.org. And social media, you got Facebook.com slash OSA Foundation, Twitter at OSA Foundation, hashtag how you play the game, and Instagram is at OSA Foundation as well. So glad you can be with us as we talk to you about sportsmanship. We got a potpourri full of things. You know, I was, potpourri. you like that? I like yeah, that. Yeah, you like that? Mm. I was, I was like prepping for the show mm-hmm. and I'm drawing blanks on like, what, what am I going to talk about? And then like right before I go to bed, all this news pops up. For me to look at and i started looking at it and i was like oh good i got stuff and then i wake up today and there's even more news on it and i'm just like oh for the love of god you know yeah just why why did it have to 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 pour you know because it, when it rains it pours you know oh i know that yeah so and i was just like this uh oh, fine whatever let's just get through this stuff yeah all right let's let's jump right into it all right in no particular order we got some ups and some downs here um, I'll start with this one because this happened the farthest ago from since the, our last episode came out, so it's probably not fresh in anyone's mind, and it probably is one that almost nobody knows about. Okay. So, but we'll, we we've talked about this on the show before. Sure. Um, we've discussed CC Sabathia and the incident with the Tampa Bay Rays last year where he he hit the batter got ejected the oh, Yankees paid right. him the bonus anyway yeah and some of that bad blood has boiled into this season um when the Yankees were down in Tampa over Mother's Day weekend there was uh although the benches never cleared warnings were never issued there were some you know tensions beginning to to boil again and you know this 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 kind of stuff was getting uh, revisited, shall we say? Well, the following weekend, the Rays were in New York to to face the Yankees, and Sabathia was pitching. And uh, Sabathia, I believe, did hit at least one batter, which in itself is not so much the issue. But you know how we t- we've talked about this, especially early on in our podcast lives, how the camera's always on you, and how you. You're you're just never alone. Someone's always watching. This stuff always gets out. Blah 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 blah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> there were clips of Sabathia walking off the mound, saying things 
that were incredibly rude. You know, like any any lip reader who's even an amateur knows what he was saying. And it was tweeted out basically what he was saying. After he hit the batter? and Yeah, and after he's walking off the mound following the, the conclusion of an inning uh, using uh, curse words that were punk blank blank. And then the one, the one that really ticked me off the most was when he said, plainest day, I was trying to hit his blank. And the reason that that really sticks in my craw is that you are doubling down and promoting this type of behavior. You are a role model. You are, you know, a public figure. And to basically, in this age of social media, utilize that type of terminology when the camera is always on you and this stuff goes viral, you are the catalyst to saying that this type of behavior is okay. I understand that baseball is an emotional game. I understand that, uh, you, you know, you sometimes you, you, you let your emotions get the best of you. I, you know, like I get all of that, but you really have to... Was it a tight game? Was it a close game? I mean, it was a reasonably close game. Was it late in the game? It was like, like the fifth inning. Some midway. Yeah. Okay. He was running out of gas. His night was just about done, if not done. And But, you know, perception is reality. So whether he was joking, whether... It, does, it doesn't matter what, right. what his thought process was. What matters is that how it was perceived. And... You know, if we live in this age where people are going to get fined and disciplined for saying and doing things that might have like a racial tone, like we had the situation a couple of years ago with Yuli Gurriel making the anti-Asian gesture. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we had a situation, I believe it was with George Springer or Carlos Correa, I can't remember who it was this year. And this one didn't get a lot of attention except for Gil Imber at Close Call Sports made a big deal about this. He called Angel Hernandez an anti-gay slur and was caught on camera doing it. And MLB quietly disciplined him, but none of that got out. Mm. You know, So again, if, if we're going to be so hard on our athletes for this kind of stuff, and rightly so, this, in my opinion, falls in that same category because you're promoting violence. What I don't understand is there's, I mean, we're a year removed from this incident that occurred last season, right? Right. There is no, absolutely no reason to intentionally hit someone I mean, you couldn't even. I can't think of. There's no excuse. Well, not only that, but I mean, where where is it coming from? I mean, it's done. It's over. Let's get over it. A lot of these guys don't forget. They they feel like the retribution game never ends. And we're going to get into some more of that. So no, of course it is. I'm not. I'm not. I I know. I know. And I know what you're saying, but like, just play the damn game already. Yeah. No. (laughs) Like like I I mean this is this is stupid. No, it's 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 really really dumb. As if you know, my level for Sabathia, my respect level for Sabathia has already been at zero. I don't know if it can go into negative integers at this point, but it is, you know, for someone who claims to be a leader, I don't understand how people rally behind him for that kind of stuff 
when as athletes you are the role models and i you know and and i'm not even going to get into the argument about how they shouldn't be role models. We have other people in our lives that really should be the the true role models. And especially since Sabathia has the um, the nonprofit, the yeah he has the, yeah a few of them yeah. right he, he where he a, helps he, inner city he, he, inner city he has kids. a lot of I mean philanthropic that's work. that's great yeah but these are the kids who I mean look up to him right and when they see that you're sending them mixed messages. Yeah. It's almost worse that way. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, and we'll get into some of this later with another story. I understand that nobody's perfect. I understand that people make mistakes. I understand that everybody kind of has skeletons in their closet. I, you know, I'm not going to deny any of that. But to be proud of it, to dodge it, to wear it like a badge of honor, to then not come out and publicly apologize for it, is where the real sin occurs. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody says things they don't mean or says things in the heat of the moment. You know, that's called being human. And we all need to have some compassion for human beings in in, in that. But unfortunately, this is a situation where that did not occur. Right. You know? So... I mean, I guess we can put that to bed for now, mm-hmm. but it's just, it was just sad. And speaking of sad, here's another one. This one happened, uh, we'll say this past week, based upon when this podcast is supposed to come out, because timing is a, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to alienate people of when we're recording this versus when it's released. But mm-hmm. we had a situation in Houston where uh, the Cubs were in Houston to play. The Astros and Albert Almora Jr., who's an outfielder for the Cubs, uh, smoked a foul line drive down the third baseline. It missed the the screens that are put up uh, universally throughout MLB and smacked a four year old girl in the head. and And you could you could if you were watching it on TV, the 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 place which was packed went silent. I mean, you could hear a pin drop. Um, as everyone was in sh- was in complete shock of what happened, Almora had to stop. I mean, he was visibly distraught. Um, he at, after the conclusion of that half inning, he as he was going out to his position, he went up uh, to to a security guard. He still there. played. Well, here's what happened. He 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 went up to a security guard who was who was right there and asked for information and whatnot and the security guard said they got her to the hospital we think she's going to be okay blah 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 he broke down in the, in this woman's arms in in the security guard's oh arms gosh. and and had to be escorted off the field that's that's how yeah, yeah you was. can't play and you can't play when you know like and that. and credit to kyle schwarber who i have had a lot of issues with in the past again for sportsmanship uh and and whatnot ESPN basically was trying to follow Almora with the camera throughout the dugout, you know, like, like really just like, you know, because that's the story right there and they're trying to get that. Mm-hmm. And Schwarber stepped in front of the camera and said, you know, basically blocked the camera saying, you, you can't, you can't do this. I mean, th- this man is going through something uh, incredibly emotional and painful right now. We need to have some respect and get the camera off of him. Mm-hmm. So credit to that. There was also, uh, you know, some incidents in the 
uh, post-game interview, you know, obviously the reporters have a job to do, and Almora mm-hmm. answered every question and said, uh, you know, I, I was sickened. I, I, I need to find out about this girl, and I hope I can have a relationship with her and their family till I die. That's that. I mean, that's how much he he was wow. he was so sickened by this. And people were kind of like saying on on social media, like, this is not the time to be asking questions. Blah 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 blah. Let the mm-hmm. man be. But you know, the media does have a certain job to do, and Almora handled it properly. Um, you know, so I don't have as much of an issue with that per se. It, it, it was just a horrific incident. But I think that the 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 highlight here, you know, and highlight is kind of a a loaded term is that you saw this athlete break down and show a human side. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it, it was very emotional for him. It was very emotional to watch it. And, you know, the, the cameras of some of the feeds that I saw obviously did not get, um, feed, you know, a, a view of this girl, as she was being rushed out of there and whatnot, you know, I mean, they, 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 that kind of stuff was not shown on TV. Instead, they were showing the the faces and the reactions of everyone else who was on the field, and you could see the Houston players who were on the field who were just cringing and 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 disturbed. Um, I believe the third base umpire was DJ Rayburn, and you could see him. He was crouched down, like facing away, like with his head in his hands, just like I can't. I just can't believe that mm. just happened. You know, like mm. it was. It was a moment of humanity. And um, obviously, we send our best to this young woman, this young girl, and her and her family and whatnot. But but l- let's take a moment also to kind of just just observe the the human side of these of these athletes and and all of these people who were there and know that this is this is what we all are Mm -hmm. and this is why we exist is to say that we're all human beings in this race together Mm -hmm. you know um so to to witness this uh is just another example of how people care you know and, and and how well, because it's not about winning at that exactly. Point. I mean, we, the game is a wash. Yeah, I mean, exactly. for, after something like that, right? You, 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 the game it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Exactly. So, so we, you know, I, I wanted to highlight that from the standpoint of letting it be a reminder to us of what's really important, and and mm-hmm. and really taking some of the themes from this incident and transposing them, and you know to to other sides of of sportsmanship of mm-hmm. how what really matters in life you know how we're all human beings you know all all, all of those things um really really take take a you know take on a larger role mm. and, and and whatnot so another you know a, again a, an unfortunate incident but we we send our best and and are hoping that everything's early reports are that this girl's going to be fine okay good so i mean the, unfortunately because of like hipaa laws and whatnot there are no public uh releases right right now which is fine we get it um you know kind of you, you're listening through the grapevine of of what people are saying and mm-hmm. and they say that everything's going to be okay now was she um were they visiting Houston? Were they from Houston? It wasn't. It know. wasn't immediately clear. Okay. Um, but all you know, the 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 grapevine reports say that this young girl was talking and laughing in the hospital, 
Good. You know, um, you know, I what I heard I heard one report say that this person was you know this person was at the game and said not only was the was was it so silent you could hear a pin drop in this packed stadium, but you heard screams from this mother that you would never want to hear coming from from a mother about mm. about her child. Yeah. Um, you know, it mm. really like kind of kind of sickens you when you begin to think about you know, kind of the blood curdling screams that could have been coming mm-hmm. from this person. Um, hmm. You know, but, but now the ball went through, it missed the net. It missed the net completely because, because what happens is that, you know, major league baseball mandated that these nets be extended to whatever degree. Mm-hmm. And in Houston, they only go to the end of each dugout area. So, this particular family was sitting in a section just beyond this net. Right. Okay. I mean, like a couple of feet the other way, we're not talking about this. Yeah. You know, um, Almora was even in his post game comments saying, I wish we could put a net around the entire stadium because, because they just don't want to see this anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, once, once it gets beyond the dugouts, it's kind of up to each team and each stadium to determine what they want to do at that point. Mm-hmm. Different stadiums have different nettings and whatnot, um, you know, because you do have to consider the fan experience to a certain degree. Uh, you know, a lot of the detractions were that they wouldn't, they can't see behind or see through the nets. Um, some fans obviously want access to. Uh, foul balls and things like that, you know, so all these other things kind of come into play, but it's becoming more and more clear that they're going to need to put more nets up and they'll find ways around this stuff. Like, like the netting at Yankee stadium, for example, they, they did scientific research on this to find this very, very thin, strong net that to the naked eye, you wouldn't even know there's a net there, Hmm. you know? So, so, so that's, I mean, that's the technology and that's yeah. what we what we need. It's, I mean, you're right, but it also, not to play devil's advocate, but it's also speaks volumes about the attention span right. of the fan because, you know, the, f- you're at a game, you're supposed to be watching a game, right? Right. So how many of these fans are on their phones and on, you're not talking, they're not, I mean, they're not. They're not even paying attention, half of them. Now, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that it's the girl's fault right. for getting hit. She's I mean, four. For she's four, out. right. Yeah. So she's, yeah. they, kids don't have attention spans. Exactly. I mean, I don't have an attention span and I'm 35. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, so, but, and I'm not blaming the parents, but there were, there have been situations in the past where, People haven't been paying attention, right. and other people would block, right. you know, the ball from hitting them. Well, look at it this way: I mean, every team does their due diligence in putting an announcement up on the board that it's you know the fans' responsibility. You have to be on alert for for bats and balls that could come mm-hmm. into the stand. Okay, okay, they have signs. Oh God, yeah, bats. Oh my. They have gosh. signs posted throughout the stands. You know, they, I mean, they they really do their their due diligence. Yeah. To, you know, how, how much more do we have to police this? Right. You know, before it's like, listen, you got to have some common sense. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you're you know, 
okay, you're watching the game. For that one small moment in time, you might turn to your friend and say something, and in that split second is when the ball comes and hits you, Mm -hmm. okay? Again, you you can't eliminate this 100%, okay? It's going to become asymptotic at some point. Right. But the point being, you you like that? That was a very good SAT word. Thank you. Wow. Um, But the point being that... You know, you we can all do a better job in whatever capacity, and you just hate to see this being a situation where it's like, okay, this one incident ruined it for everybody. But at the same time, we have to be. It's a wake up call. It is a wake up call, and and, and there has to be a happy medium. I saw something on TV the other day, actually, about this, um, or indirectly. So there's a ball girl down down the line, and I forget what stadium this was. She's fielding a foul ball. Right. And there are kids running up to the the girl trying to get the foul ball, but there's mm-hmm. a net right there, you know, because this particular team had extended the netting very far. Well, this ball girl was able to take the ball and slide it under the net to the kid. So, so that to me was the first time, like, you idiot, how did you not see this? Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 fan experience of getting a foul ball is still there, right? Okay. So, so we have indirectly, indirectly, but, still, but we have still there exactly. So, and, you know, as long if we can, you know, tell our, you know, instruct the the people working the lines who are collecting foul balls to be a bit more generous than with this. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden we've made up for it. Yeah, you know. So, so, so we have the ability to fix this now, and mm-hmm. and it's time to do so. So I just, we just I just wanted to mention that and. You know, and and just hope that this girl's all right, and 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 send our best. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. You want to do a little DQ review real quick? Sure. Okay. Let's so do it. so we've got two incidents here. Both happened on Wednesday. Uh, both dealing with uh, batters getting plunked. So similar to the Sabathia situation. Mm-hmm. Um, both involving bad blood between two interdivision rivals. Uh, in the central of each league. Um, the first one occurred in... Oh, we'll do it We'll do it uh, this way. I'll go by MLB ejection number according to Close Call Sports. Okay. So this is MLB ejection number 69. This is uh, between the uh, Royals and the White Sox. Mm-hmm. So what had happened was a couple of weeks ago, when the when the Royals were in Chicago to play the White Sox, a uh, the shortstop for the White Sox, Tim Anderson, uh, hit a home run and styled a little bit. So the next time he was up, he got so he was posing. He was posing. Next time up, they plunked him. For and that? For yeah, mm-hmm. I mean because yeah. it was was it really overdone? In their estimation, it was. It was. He posed. He looked. He threw his bat like a javelin back at his dugout. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, look at look. I've always said it this way: if you don't like what somebody does like that, don't hit them. Pitch better. Yeah, just keep playing. Keep playing. Don't give up the home run. Then I'm sorry. However, on the flip side, if you are the one who hits the home run, if you are the one who does succeed, you need to act like you've been there. It's mm-hmm. time for you to 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 grow up. Yeah, don't grandstand. Okay, I mean we got, we all get emotional, we all get excited and whatnot. I'm not t- not telling you not to be excited that you just hit a home run, but there are there's the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. And Anderson was doing it the wrong way. 
Mm-hmm. So fast forward to this time around, and in the second inning, as uh, Tim Anderson came up to bat, uh, Glenn Sparkman, who I believe was a villain in Mega Man 3. Yes. Sparkman? Yeah. I'm glad. Three? Yeah, three. I thought it was earlier than No, that. it was three. It was three? I know for a fact that it was three, because I did the research. I I just because when the Royals were in Yankee Stadium, mm-hmm. I made a joke with my buddy Lou DiPietro, formerly of the Yes Network, mm-hmm. about Mega Man, and he didn't get it because he he and I used to joke about NES games all the time, but he was never a Mega Man person. Uh, okay. So he used he and I joked about Excite Bike. Oh yeah, yeah, and how I would always just hold the A button and not overheat, mm-hmm. and you know play it cautious. And he's like, "You're supposed to hold the B button until you start to overheat, then you switch to the A button. That's how that's supposed to work." And I was just like, "No, I, I never did that." That's because, not how any of this exactly. works. <laughs> and, and so he would he would constantly tell me B button for life, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so Sparkman, no relation to Spark Mandrill from Mega Man X. Um, okay, now I'm really just nerding out. <laughs> Of course. Okay. He uh, he throws a pitch that gets up and actually hits Anderson in the brim of the helmet. Um, Mark Carlson comes out and ejects him immediately. So now we've got an argument ensuing over this because there were no warnings, this, that, the other. Um, in addition, this, is, this, well, this was all known after the fact. The pitch that hit Anderson was a changeup. Okay. Logic would dictate that if you're trying to intentionally hit someone, you're going to throw a fastball. Okay. Now, a lot of detractors have said, "Oh, it was a changeup. How you can't, you know, you, you can't toss someone for this." Blah 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 blah. Let's talk about physics for a second. To try and pick up a changeup out of a pitcher's hand is is very difficult because it looks like a fastball. Okay. The difference is maybe 10 miles an hour. And you don't know that until after the fact. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a hitter, you don't realize that until you've swung and missed at it. Mm-hmm. So, as an umpire, in the heat of that moment, if you don't pick up breaking ball right away, in whether it's a curveball, a slider, a splitter, whatever, if you don't pick that up, you're thinking it's a fastball. So, for Carlson, to eject him, you know, after people have been saying, oh, it's a changeup, he didn't mean to do it. You can't put that on Mark Carlson. He saw fastball spin. The The changeup was, what, 89 miles an hour? You know, so unfortunately, he's not picking that up and, you know, and being able to say that was a breaking ball. So you can't fault him for that. Secondly, you have to remember... All umpires, all crews get a heads-up report prior to the start of a series. Okay, A heads-up report is basically from MLB directly saying to the umpires, this is what happened with these teams recently. So you get a report on each team individually and what happened the last time these teams met. Uh, and these things say like, there was a bean brawl war, uh, a bean bean ball brawl war, whatever. Can't bean say that. Uh, blah, blah, bean blah, 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 brawl. Blah. Yeah. Bean ball brawl. Yeah. Bean ball brawl. Bean ball brawl. I can do it. Well, that makes you better than me at everything, including arts and crafts. Um, <laughs> Sportsmanship. Yeah. So, so they knew going in that this was on the table. 
Okay. So Carlson's probably thinking, okay. Here. No need for the warning? No, he's just thinking, okay, here comes Anderson. If he gets hit, I got I to gotta run the pitcher right away. He gets hit, he does it. And and you, you have to err on the side of caution, say this has to stop. Not to mention, it hit him in the brim of the helmet. Okay? Yeah. It, you know, it, it, it's one, again, perception is reality. Okay? If that ball hits him in the backside, maybe it's different. But it hit him in the helmet. Um, a couple of articles on this particular incident. So this one came, this is from uh, the Kansas City side. Where they said, okay. Basically, they're they're shaking it off. Where Martin Maldonado, who was the catcher, who was at the time who was incensed by it, saying, you know, he's not trying to hit him in the head. He's not, you know, I know it looks bad, but it's not what he's trying to do. Um, we weren't going to retaliate. Blah 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 blah. Um, we had uh, Ned Yost, the manager, says we had no animosity toward that young man. Uh, we're not going to try and, and hit him again. They're harping on the changeup thing. Um, the uh, Mark Carlson spoke to a pool reporter and said, "Quote." We were aware of a previous situation between the two clubs involving Tim Anderson when the pitcher threw the ball up and hit him in the head. That raises an awareness to us, and we have to make a decision on what we want to do to handle that situation. I handled the situation in the moment the way I thought it needed to be handled, but then ultimately the league has to make a decision on if it was intentional. It's that simple. You know? So, you just, you know, you, again, perception is reality. It, he, he may not have been trying to hit him, but at the time... You've got a ball that looks like a fastball coming at his head with prior knowledge that, that something had happened. So we have to get over that. Mm-hmm. Okay, We have to be able to look to say, you know, again, talk about empathy. We have to be able to, whether we agree with it or not, we have to be able to say, I understand why it happened. Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, that's where your fault lies. Right. Okay? You can disagree with it, but you have to understand it. Tim Anderson fueled the, the fire, though, after the game because the, the White Sox ended up winning. They interviewed him uh, after the game, and this is what he said. Quote, from my end, I don't like the Royals. I don't like them. It's going to be forever a beef for me. That gets me going. I'm excited to play them. I want to whoop them every time we play them. When, why does end quote? Why, and then they asked again why he doesn't. He just said, "Just period, man. I don't like them." So, you know, it kind of reminds me of the manager for the. Um, I know this story. Mc, I can't, uh, what was his name? I can't remember who it was, but McAllister? I know Callister. Maybe you you told me about him before at the press conference, right? No, normally managers are like, you know, the, the, of saying you know to the opposing about the opposing pitcher, pitcher, like 
well, you know, he we he just had some great stuff. We right, just, exactly. He, he had a great he had a great game. Right. But this guy is like, you know, when one of the reporters said, um, "We well, have to look at it in, in terms of that they that the other team played well." He's like, "No, I hate him. Yeah, I hate him. I'm mad. Yeah, I'm mad, and I I don't I don't care about the other team. I'm mad. I'm 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 like, well, that's not the right response. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. No, like that doesn't. You know that if and if that fires up your team, there's a bigger problem because you know you you should be saying you should. Okay, you take the loss, right? And you just go out and play again the next day, right. and you sort of admire the team for overcome. Like, yeah, they did a great job, but we're gonna we're gonna come back at them tomorrow, right? That's you know that's how that's the appropriate response. Now it's funny that you should mention that because this next ejection also speaks to a manager saying stuff stuff like that. This one, same day. This is between the Reds and the Pirates. Umpire or MLB ejection seventy. Jeff Nelson ran. Uh, Reds manager David Bell. The Reds and the Pirates have had a long brewing history as of late of throwing at people. Uh, again, for grandstanding and things like that. Uh, recently, earlier this year, Derek Dietrich, who is um, nothing short of a jerk, uh, posed after hitting some home runs. And um, Chris Archer, who was a pitcher for the Pirates, he has a history with him because he did some posing after striking Dietrich out. And there's, there's a lot of there's a, there's there's a lot of like just stupidity <laughs> on both sides. So everyone's everyone's an idiot here. There are no there are no heroes. Okay, right. just just everybody. You all lost. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. God. Okay. So there are some bean brawls and this, that, the other. So yesterday. Um, Reds third baseman Eugenio Suarez was hit, again, up and in, near the head. I think it was on the hand where he got hit. And he had been hit by a Pirates pitcher last year, I think, in the same spot that I think ended his season. Mm. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, again, there's some there's some psychology going on here. Yep. Okay? All right. So, they got, so, he, gets, so he gets hit. Okay? There are no warnings issued. They're you know you know the the things are trying to calm down. Um, he gets hit plunked on the left hand by Clay Holmes to begin the eighth inning, um, up near his his head and whatnot. So after being hit by the pitch, uh, Suarez actually strolled out towards the mound, like not like running after him, but going right up to Clay Holmes. With uh, catcher uh, Elias Diaz kind of following him, uh, and and just basically said to him straight up, like, "Did you hit me on purpose?" And and he said, "No, definitely not." And he said, "I wanted to," and he said, "I wanted to make sure because I don't like that pitch up and in." And he said, "No." And then the catcher said that in Spanish too. No, we're not. You know, we, we're, we're not. You know, and the catcher, like Suarez, I believe, they're both from Venezuela, so they have that countryman bond. And I said, no, we don't want to hit you. And he said, okay, I just want to make sure because that hurt. You know, fine. You know, that if you that itself in a vacuum, when you compare that to some of the other ways to handle this stuff, actually seems much more mature. Yeah. You know? Because you're sending a message, you're saying, I didn't like that. I don't like that you hit me. There's history here. But I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell me to my face that you didn't mean to hit me. And everyone's like, we're not trying to hit you. Okay. I can, I can read it in your face that you're not trying to. Okay. And he walked away. 
He said, okay, you're not trying to hit me? Okay. And he just walked towards first base. And it was over at that point. Yeah. I mean, again, you would prefer it if he didn't say anything at all. But when you compare that to some of the other options, that is miles ahead. That is, that's so much, I can't, like, like mm-hmm. it's almost comforting in a way yeah. to say, oh my God, you actually would handle this like a, like a mature person. It's like, yeah, it's, it's how you, it's how you communicate with right. people. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You're, you're, you're setting a boundary. You're saying, I didn't like that. And the person's saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit, do that. And you're saying, okay, I believe you. And it's over. And that, and that, and that in and of itself prevents future right. issues. Exactly. You know, it, it, it would almost be, I mean, you know, you were saying it would have been just as good for him to go to first base without saying anything. But then if there's not the communication, right, it may have, you know, it may have snowballed. So the fact that he actually stepped out of the batter's box, walked towards the mound a little bit and said, you know, was that intentional? And no, it wasn't. My mistake. I'm sorry. My apologies. Yep. Great. That's okay. it. And yeah. it, no more future incidents yep. with with that with that you know with that line with those two guys. Right. So, so anyway, um, they decided to take Suarez out of the game to get X rays. Blah 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 blah. Okay, fine. You know, smart move. Eighth inning. Um, Reds were already trailing by a lot. You know, they want to protect their player. Fine, cool. Okay, so they get pitcher Tyler Maley, who was not pitching that day as a starter. They're waiting for him to lace up his spikes. He's going to go in and pinch run. While they're waiting for that, Reds manager David Bell was ejected for the fourth time this season by Jeff Nelson because he was arguing that there should have been warnings, there should have been an ejection, blah, 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 blah. David Bell is coming off as just a just a jerk, just a just an idiot when it comes to this stuff. He's already up to four ejections for this kind of stuff in his rookie season as a manager. This is his first year? Yeah. And this is what he said post-game, quote, I was doing what I could to protect our players. Clearly, we're not going to get protected, meaning the umpires aren't going to protect us. So that's a dig at the umpires. So we have to do whatever we can. We have to take matters into our own hands. It's it's unfortunate. Our players aren't going to get protected. It's been made clear. We know that team will intentionally throw people. So now not only have they has he made a dig at the umpires, he's made a dig at the Pirates saying they're headhunters. They do this. So what are we supposed to think? So he's erasing everything that Suarez did. They're basically saying the umpires aren't going to protect us. The pirates are going to throw at us. So we've got to step up and defend ourselves. Uh, Clay Holmes said about that pitch, the first pitch, it just got away from, from me. I was definitely not trying to hurt him or hit him. It was one of those things where it's part of the game. I hope he's healthy and I hope he's good to go. Okay. That's again. Yeah. Reiterating, yeah. that's the right thing to say. Right. And then Suarez later said, last year they hit me and broke my thumb. When I'm back, they hit me on my elbow. Uh, I just want to know why they hit me. They say it's not intentional. I'm just doing what I have to do, which is ask them. It's part of the game. Not happy. Now I, now I have to enjoy my day off tomorrow and come back Friday to see how my, my hand feels. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, that, that's so much, so much more of a mature response. You know? And then Bell... Later said, quote, first of all, the ball doesn't even hurt when it really hits you that bad. <laughs> but it has a chance to do some serious damage. When somebody is messing with your I don't know, it hurts. You know, when somebody's <laughs> messing with your livelihood, your career, who knows, you have to protect yourself. 
I mean, just just take a walk, <laughs> Bell. Just that's that is just the again, you're you're part of the problem. You can't, you know, this is the, you you sound like a complete moron. You're saying the Pittsburgh Pirates are headhunters and the umpires don't protect us. Maybe it's time for you guys to look in the mirror and say, maybe we need to just shut up. Maybe we need to do a better job. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we just do our job, the pirates will hang themselves if that is actually true. Mm-hmm. Okay? If the pirates are headhunters, which sounds kind of weird when you think about it because, you know, yar, we headhunters. You know? mm-hmm. But... <laughs> I've asked him, maybe. Uh, walk the plank. But it's just, you know, let 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 them hang themselves. Yeah. You know, don't don't stoop to their level saying, oh, we have to protect ourselves. No, you don't. You don't. Just play the game. Play the game. Shall we move on to our final story? Sure. All right. This is really what I was going to lead with today. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where this goes. All right. You recall some of our conversations about barstool sports? Remember Liz Gonzalez? Yes. Okay, yes. all that stuff. Right. Okay. And 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 whatnot. Okay. So bear with me here. Bearing. Okay. So last night I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see Barstool is trending. The reason they're trending is because Barstool Sports, with their horrendous reputation, sponsored the rally towels that the Boston Bruins handed out in Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay, so everyone who's going to the the game, which is in Boston, gets this rally, the yellow rally towel. It's got Barstool all over it and whatnot and yada, yada, yada. Okay? Now, granted, the backlash that was occurring was because People, you know, a lot of people are like, no, Barstool is not a good company. We don't, we don't agree with them. We really think it's low for the Bruins to use them as a sponsor to, to hand this stuff out. So I was doing a little bit more digging and I, I just, I came across some more stuff that, you know, like, like the article is a little older and whatnot, but this article is from the Daily Beast. I think, according to this, the timestamp it came out on September twenty fourth of two thousand eighteen, written by Robert Silverman. But what threw me was that some of the tweets that I saw in the article looked when I cross referenced them looked to be more recent. So that's why I got confused. So I don't want to. I, I just want to talk about the content right now of this. They really. They, the, you know, we highlight Barstool as such a horrendous company because, according to this article, which is in the title, it says they treat sexual harassment and cyberbullying as a game. It's really sick. Um, but the reason that I I wanted to bring this up is because what Barstool does and their fans they call them stoolies. What what they do is when there's a when there's a conflict when there's somebody who calls them out, when there is somebody who uh, disagrees with them, publicly states that there's an issue, they basically sick their entire fans or the entire fan base on that person to harass them 
as a payback for that. So if you, especially if you're a female. So if you're a female and you come out and say something along the lines of uh, Barstool harassed me, Barstool called me this, that, the other. What they'll do is they'll come out and they'll say, hey, this girl said this about us. Mm-hmm. Let's all harass her. It's this mob mentality of trying to kind of overrun the world. And what they do... So they're proving her right. Right. Essentially. Exactly. The problem is that the mob that is following Barstool is growing. And I don't want to get into it too much because it'll lead us into a rabbit hole of a very PC and political discussion. And that Mm -hmm. kind of takes us out of the scope, not just of this podcast, but also of the particular... Uh, thing I wanted to mention about this. Maybe that's a topic for another time. But the mob continues to grow. And as the inmates begin to run the asylum, that's <laughs> how that's how we have these changes here. I mean, it's it's very much akin to it doesn't matter who's at the top of the food chain or whoever who, who's who's the, the complaining person who's running the world, who, whatever. If the mob is big enough, no matter how evil they are, they will overtake the 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 moral goodness of the minority trying to take a stand. Mm-hmm. They use a a a tactic, and this is where I, fa- I thought it came into our our topic of poor sportsmanship called doxing, spelled D O X I N G or D O X X I N G doxed D O X D O X X E D is the is the the, the past tense. Mm-hmm. It's short for documenting. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is where they release public documents about these people who are the complaining witnesses to their fan base with the intent of harassing them. So basically, you make a complaint about them they release online things like your home address, your home phone number, your email address, and basically give the ammunition to their fan base to constantly berate you. Through. Isn't that illegal? Yeah, but unfortunately, nothing's. I mean, nothing gets done about it because if the stuff is public knowledge and it's being done semi-anonymously or they can't make a direct... Um, connection between the two, like like all these people that do the harassing, are doing it in an anonymous way where they can't make a direct correlation between these fans and Barstool. Okay, there's that. There's a a reasonable doubt there, in which is you know what our our system works off of. Um, so you can't per se prosecute because of that, but you know, for, for, you know, however long a time, whether it's a week, two weeks, whatever, you're going to get nasty phone calls. You're going to get nasty social media messages. You're going to get packages showing up to your door of nasty things. Um, you know, you're going to get emails. You're going to get all this stuff from this fan base that remains slightly anonymous, you know, Solely to scare you as a as a scare tactic, very kind of like what what the mob or what you know um, 
like the brick with the message exactly. thrown through your window. Exactly. Sort of you know, the, the, you know, how many times have you seen on SVU the, the threat of, you know, if you're, if you're prosecuting a drug Lord, you know, someone randomly meets you at the bar and says, yeah, I'm in town for someone's funeral. Perhaps you know him. And then you name the person and then you say to the, the, the ADA sitting at the bar, if you don't drop the case, something bad might happen to someone you love. You know, mm-hmm. like like that kind of stuff, right. like like really sick, <clears throat> sinister stuff. That's just I, I don't even know how to. You know, I can't even stomach it. I can't fathom it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what happens. This and and this is poor sportsmanship. Oh, beyond in, in a nutshell. You know, wow. um, I mean, this article that I printed out is eleven pages long in its simplified way basically documenting everything that they could find. And the, the article was by a guy named Robert Silverman for the Daily Beast. Again, it came out in September of 2018, according to this. Um, and it just documents everything that has occurred in the barstool world since then, since, 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 you know, since they started having these issues. And Silverman himself was doxxed because of this. And because of the story? Because of this story. And, and, and basically... I could not believe that. I mean, I mean, I guess I can believe now that this is happening. But this is this is sick. This is absolutely sick that this kind of stuff is happening. I can't. Again, if we go into this, we're gonna we're gonna double the length of our episode. Maybe we need another episode specifically about yeah. this kind of stuff. But the thing that I think threw me the most as I'm researching a lot of this, I'm looking at like the Twitter feeds of the people who publicly work for them, who are the, the, the public hosts and whatnot, you know, trying to get as much information on this as I could. Because mm-hmm. obviously in the article, they are highlighting specific incidents of the people and then also trying to get information from the people who were the complaint, uh, the people who lodged the complaints and whatnot, right. people who used to work for them, people who were the targets of harassment and whatnot. <clears throat> so I'm going through the, the various Twitter feeds of these people and I come back to Liz Gonzalez, who we talked about, saying what she said after the Yankees lost to the Red Sox in the playoffs and how, mm-hmm. how disgusting that was. And this tweet came out. This was from Liz on May 28th, so very recently of this year. This came out right after uh, Game of Thrones ended. She says, Amelia Clark experienced a potentially fatal brain hemorrhage in 2001 while taping Game of Thrones. And now Harrington, being Kit Harrington. 2001? 2011. Oh, I was going to say. While taping Game of Thrones. I can't read the printed type in front of me. Reading is hard. You know that better than anybody. It is, yeah. And she continues, now Harrington, being Kit Harrington, has checked into a treatment facility. I heard about that. Okay. You really never know what people are going through regardless of who they are. Be kind. And I highlighted be kind because I thought to myself, Liz, you work for a company that doesn't practice what you just preached. And what you, and and what and some of the things that you say. I mean, you you there's this gaping distance between what you just said and you know in this tweet and how you acted publicly at that Yankee game. Not to mention how you work for a company that is not kind. Mm-hmm. So this it's not adding up. I think maybe I you know if you look at. And I don't know much about Liz Gonzalez, but 
maybe she as a person individually is just really great. And, you know, but, but the, but, but barstool sports is sort of telling her to act a certain way. It could be. I mean, and then, but then the situation is, well, you should have the wherewithal to say, well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing this. Right. You know, you put on different hats. Right. So, I mean, it's it's the shock jock mentality, yeah, and it's and it's not like Howard Stern, where the shock jock value is not so much saying things that are so outlandish. I mean, it's that that's that's more of like a, and, I, and I'm not an avid Howard listener, mm-hmm. okay, but I think that what what Stern did was revolutionize radio from the standpoint of being more honest and open in what you can say and do on the air, you know, kind of going through what people are thinking regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other shock jocks, like someone like a Craig Carton, who is going to prison for a while now, uh, who say and do things that they really don't mean in order to get the ratings. And when they're confronted about it, or when skeletons are found in their closet, it's a it's a completely different song and dance. Right. Um, and, and that's what I wanted to, to talk about, because I, 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 we mentioned it before on this episode, Everybody's human, okay? Everyone has skeletons in the closet. I'm sure if you dig deep enough, there's probably skeletons in both of our proverbial closets, mm-hmm. okay? Um, we deal with it privately. We deal with it how we want to deal with it, okay? That's that's our business. Mm-hmm. So we, we all have to kind of, you know, understand that we're all flawed humans. Nobody's perfect, Okay, but at the same time, there, you know, the 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 there's too much of a disparity between what happened with Gonzalez and and Barstool and all this stuff and and reality. You know, I don't, I, I you know, I don't know, a, you know, I can't define the problem, but I know it when I see it, and this is a problem, especially with the reputation that Barstool has. So, I just wanted to point out this doxing thing. That was kind of my lead. Of where I wanted to go, that you know, talk about poor sportsmanship in the competition of journalism, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of like what happens with politics, you know. Someone calls out a, a a political candidate, and they say, "Oh yeah, well, I have evidence here that you did such and such with this person," you know, like, like stop stop cutting people down to disprove them, prove why you're the better candidate, mm-hmm. you know. I, I I would vote for the first candidate who doesn't. Engage in these 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 negative, these negative ad and smear and attack campaigns, and you know it's just it's it's sick, it's really sick, and yeah. and and so that's what I wanted to talk about. I just you know we we could we could talk about barstool for days, and maybe one day we will, <laughs> but a marathon podcast uh, that lasts for. 72 hours we should do we should do a 24-hour podcast live podcast oh my god for charity all right all right where all we do is talk about barstool we should have rotating people, people coming in there's no way i'm lasting for 48 okay. hours how about how about we do it for 2.4 hours oh so we'll do yeah, we could do we'll that. do it we'll do a live <laughs> charity podcast broadcast but instead of doing it for 24 hours, we do it for 2.4 hours. And all right, all right. I think did we just birth something? <laughs> Maybe. Wait. <I> don't know. <laughs>
This might be the worst idea ever. <laughs> this might be the best idea ever. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. Exactly. So that's that's all I wanted to get to today. Okay. You got anything for me? Uh, I just need to digest everything. Um, you know, this goes back to sportsmanship in the media. Oh, yeah. And you know, how, how sportsmanship can affect those who report sports. And um, how... You know the, which we have of which we had several examples today. Not only with Barstool Sports, but with um, was it ESPN who covered the the, the Almora incident? Yeah. Yep. So you know them too. Yeah. Knowing when to back off, and then knowing when to get the story. Right. Um, you know, there's certain situations that stipulate, you know, certain circumstances. Right. So yeah, for sure, I think the media needs to be aware of that. Um, they do have a job to do. Respect that, but there ha- there has to be a line somewhere. What do you think the chances are that we get doxxed? <sighs> I don't know. Hopefully, we're small enough not to be. We're we're like <laughs> Cloud City. We're small enough that the Empire Darth- doesn't notice. <laughs> I yeah. swear to God, if you sell me out to Darth Vader, oh <laughs> well. I don't think that's going to happen. That's not how this works. That's, that's not, not how, how any, any of this works. works. Uh, well, we got through a lot today. Yeah. So we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll call it a day right here. Sounds good. And uh, we'll be back uh, later this month. And mm-hmm. uh, hopefully that uh, maybe things will be a little bit better then. Maybe okay. maybe the trees will stop uh, doing their thing. Yeah. Maybe, you know? maybe we should just cut down all the trees. You know what? That'll solve so many problems. Well, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go outside and start that now. All right. All right. Well, uh, Sean, thank you as always. Yep. And uh, hope everybody uh, enjoyed this episode. We'll be chatting with you in just a couple of weeks. And until then, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.